Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. As you can tell by the clarity of my voice, I have purchased a new microphone for the podcast, stepping it up in the podcast game with a Yeti Blue. Uh, very excited by that. So there'll be more clarity for these wonderful conversations that I have with healers from across the globe. And uh, today's episode is one of the pandemic self-care Facebook Live conversations I've had uh, early on when the pandemic first hit back in March and April. 36 amazing, beautiful podcast guests who had previously been on the show had joined me for these pandemic self-care live conversations. So I am sharing them now in the audio version. All right. Until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. Hey, everybody. We're having to do, Facebook Live is having some issues, so I'm going to go ahead and record this. We're going to pretend like we're on Facebook Live. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thrilled to have with me today Lynn Fraser of Still Point. And um, yeah, so we're going to continue this conversation about pandemic self-care strategies and other care. So welcome, Lynn. Well, thank you for having me, Terry. It's nice to see you again. Yeah, good to see you yeah. too. Yeah, we were just catching up a little bit of what's happening in the U.S. and Ohio, my end, and what's happening in Canada and your end, and right, uh, kind of yeah. the same thing. <laughs> it is kind of the same thing, and it's um, like you you were mentioning. It's one of these big events that uh, you know we'll look back on. So, someone who's a teenager now is going to look back on it many, many decades from now and go, remember when in 2020 yeah. we didn't have any school? <laughs> right, right. Graduation, us, no graduation, no prom, no, right? Yeah, yeah. And all of us have our own personal history with it, our own personal experience with it as it's happening as well. Right. And um, I know my son is having his children do daily, daily journaling uh, right oh. now. Uh, to just kind of collect their memories and and that they would have that to look back on. And they're also doing daily meditation. Uh, so a bit of a different curriculum than school, but uh, it's still really, really valuable to do. Yes, for sure. We've been uh, taking family walks together with the dogs and our daughter, who's 13, has been running. She took up running again. She had run track back in fourth grade or something. And she's uh -huh. like, yeah runs ahead of us but we can see her and then she'll she'll turn around and run back and um yeah it's good to see her up and moving and um mm -hmm. yeah. a lot more a lot more time playing we bowling together too <laughs> <laughs> which is fun that's good too yeah. yeah exactly so tell people yeah. about what it is that you do so they can have a sense of who you that are context of that so i've been teaching meditation for 25 years and yoga as well and I work with people healing trauma so I do a mindfulness-based inquiry practice the Killaby inquiries and you know some of it is in groups some of it is individually uh, when when I meet with somebody individually we're really working on what are the thoughts coming in like the images and the words and really what's happening in our body right and then I have a lot of classes as well right now ironically the March and April topic for my Sunday morning classes is peaceful mind and it wasn't anything on my radar when I set the topic but you know the what happens in our nervous system and our mind is we get our nervous system gets charged up when we feel under threat and we are afraid and then we go into some kind of compensating 
we go into fight fight where we get irritable and angry and sometimes we turn that against other people sometimes against ourselves or we go into a denial like a deep freeze of i can't handle this it's not happening i'm just going to go on business as usual and a lot of the things that we're seeing right now are actually fear responses that maybe aren't the wisest thing we could do so it's great that you're having this collection of people that are going this is something we could do instead of kind of being just driven by your nervous system so yeah. that's what i'm you know i do um i help people with their mind um so that they can calm catastrophic thinking and and come back in their bodies and be you know aware of their breath i do the morning meditations with uh online so people can just have a break from what's going on in the mind and come in and relax the body it's all guided so you don't have to think it through i don't leave a lot of spare time there so the mind doesn't have a lot of time to get going on a big stream of thought you know so it's just a lot of stuff around right now our nervous systems are highly engaged and and frightened and how can we really calm ourselves and there's a lot of ways to do that so yeah, that's so really let's, helpful let's talk know. about those a little bit what are some what are some calming strategies people can use you know, one thing we could do is is just do a little practice of it. Do you want to do sure. that? Yes, okay. absolutely. Right. <laughs> so there's many things that we can do with our physical body. Uh, one of the things, James Gordon is just wrote a beautiful book called The Transformation. And he's being interviewed on NBC in 60 Minutes. And he does work with large populations that are traumatized, like um, after a hurricane, a school shooting, or that kind of thing. And he gets people up shaking. And so he does this soft belly breathing first to kind of tune in. And then shaking. So, you, you know, you stand and you shake through your legs and your hips and up through your arms and shoulders. And he has people do this, like 500, 1,000 people together. Cute. So he has these people um, do belly breathing and then shaking for seven minutes to some kind of drum music or something. And then a couple more minutes of belly breathing and then dance for four or five minutes. And so I have a little practice called shaking and dancing on my uh, YouTube channel where people can do it, but you don't need to even do that. You could just do it on your own. So people would shake for a couple of minutes, do some breathing to kind of settle the nervous system. But there's something about shaking. You're on your feet, you're strong through your legs and you're moving the stuck energy out of your body. And then you go into breathing again and then dancing, which really gets into the joy and the, you know, a lot of people are very awkward when they're dancing. You know, it's like we don't want people to see us. We're not, you know, and so I have a little deck in the forest. I go out there and the only people that ever see me is occasionally a helicopter will fly over <laughs> So I can let it grow. Some squirrels good, are watching, eating their nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that would be something that you know, we're, we're not going to go through that now. Of course, we don't have time. But to, to no, really I'll think about that. I'll, I'll go invite it on your YouTube yeah. channel and I'll put it okay. on the yeah. podcast page. So, yeah. yeah. And oftentimes I won't even have music. I'll just shake for a couple minutes and then dance. I have a little playlist so, like, on my phone. Like... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just really shaking and let everything kind of jiggle loose you know for just a few seconds and i caught my breath there we go (laughs) and so what part of what's happening right now is people are frozen yeah and we're defended you know we have that upper back is like this and it's really hard and we're holding our breath and we're not breathing fully so so a lot of these things are for that 
But the things that we could do and, and people listening could do along with us, there's many different breathing practices. Um, so one of them, Peter Levine, uh, trauma expert Peter Levine, talks about using the syllable VU. But the science behind it is that when we exhale up to six, six seconds or more, that it, it is, it's enough time to activate the relaxation response. So it downregulates our sympathetic nervous system, which is really on high gear right now because of the threat. And it brings our parasympathetic nervous system in. So let's do that for okay. several breaths. So just breathe in normally. All right. And then exhale. What am I saying? It's V V V O O O O. V O O O. Okay. Yeah. So V. Yeah. And let's just do it together and in our own speed. Okay. But yeah. And then let your breath come back to normal. So that's a practice we can do anytime. And you can also get longer exhalations um, by singing, chanting. Um, if you're in a social situation or if you're talking to somebody and you feel yourself starting to get revved up, you could talk in longer sentences or like I'm doing now, I'm not stopping for a breath. I'm just continuing to the next one. And then a deep breath in and anything that we can do to let our exhalation kind of extend. So the way that breath works is is we want it to be diaphragmatic, which means that as you're breathing in, the belly's rising. As you're breathing out, the belly's coming back towards the spine, stomach softens. And we want it to be continuous. But when, we're have, when we have fear in our body, lots of times we kind of, we breathe in and then we hold our breath. And we have that, we, what we're doing is we're signaling our nervous system that we're not safe. And our nervous system is signaling the rest of our body, hey, you're not safe. Right. So if we can, bring some ease and fluidity into the breath that really helps our nervous system to calm down so we want to be doing an even length of breath regularly so we wouldn't do the long exhalations all day long because right. that would overstimulate the parasympathetic nervous system and kind of we get too depressed you know but we want to have it even on the exhale and inhale most of the time but when we feel like we're we're kind of ramped up then it's good to do you know just two or three minutes of longer exhalations Another way that people do that too is you breathe in to like a count of three and then breathe out to count of six. Okay. So you just let the breath go. And as you're breathing out, as you're coming to the end of the exhale, really let your shoulders soften, let your jaw soften, your belly soften. So there's a few things that can help just to, to really regulate your nervous system. And there's alternate nostril breathing, which is another one that is a little weird until you get used to it. Uh, a lot of people who are involved with yoga know about that one now. And it's the, the right nostril on the left side of the brain, the linear side of the brain, is the solar energy in the body. And the left nostril, right side of the brain, is the more creative, receptive energy in the body. And what we want to do is, what we do through these breathing practices is we bring everything to center. So alternate nostril breathing is a bit long to go into here, 
but if you just look it up, alternate nostril breathing, you'll find the instructions. And it basically involves we we close off one nostril and breathe through the other one for a while, and then, and that it balances our nervous system. That's so awesome. that's also a good one to do. Yeah. And most people don't know that if you just breathe in through one nostril right now, yeah, and then breathe in through the other one, one of your nostrils has more airflow than the other. Interesting. Yeah. And that switches that would be about my every. Left. Okay, so that would be your active nostril, and that switches about every ninety minutes, and it's, it's part of what we're doing with alternate nostril breathing is is bringing that to center. So, and there's a whole science of of swaradhara yoga and breath. It's really interesting, but for these purposes, just to do you know five minutes, um, and again, I have uh, I have guided ones on on my YouTube channel too. Uh, it's just really helpful to kind of settle ourselves. And then there are some practices. Uh, one of them is called five, four, three, two, one. And it works with our senses. You're familiar with that one? I do that. I talk, I've talked about that often on the, on the podcast. Yeah. Ah, okay. I mean, it's my favorite, it is my favorite go-to for a right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so for people who don't know, they could look that up, but it's basically, we look around the room and we see five things that we can see. And we say them out loud. I see my plant. I see a window. And then we go through things we can touch, hear, smell, and taste. Yeah. And that gives us, it gets us back in our body. And then we have, we have practices that work directly with thought. And one of them is to, we want to be aware that we're thinking. So usually what happens if someone starts to watch their thought, then we notice there's nothing going on for a minute. Like if you're kind of at the back of your head looking forward, there's nothing going on because we're watching. It's like a kid being watched or something, you know? And then some thoughts will come in. Some of them are words that we hear. Sometimes we see pictures and pictures could be like a, a video clip or like a snapshot. So if I was to say, you know, think of the last time you were in nature, somewhere that you enjoyed in nature, you would have a memory come up. Are you, are you kind of seeing something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the nature so that's, center, right? Yeah. yeah. And so it's a mental picture um, of some kind. It's not, it doesn't actually look like a, a photograph sometimes, but sometimes it does. So we have a mental picture of something, which is fine. But when we're thinking about what's going to happen with the virus, am I going to get sick and die? Is my child going to get sick and die? We have these, this, it's a natural function of the nervous system to try and plan ahead so we don't die, but it can get really out of line in terms of it's not helpful for us to be kind of projecting out into the future. What if this, what if this, what if this, and this kind of worst case scenario thinking. So one of the things we do with that is we, we could put it like it's in a frame. So we want to bring ourselves from being totally absorbed in the picture to noticing that we're looking at a picture. So if you were to put it on the other side of the room on the wall, for instance, you could put it in a frame and you could notice what's in the picture, like the colors, the shapes that make up the picture. And then you could notice also that there's space all around it. So the wall is a certain color. Maybe there's a window beside it, you know, whatever it is that's there. And then you could notice also what is the response in your body to that. So if you're thinking about a time when you were in nature that you really love, someplace you love, most often our bodies soften and relax. Our breath gets a bit easier too, right? 
And so that's a, a positive example of how the mind and the body are connected. But if we're working with a fearful thought, then what we can do is break the, the connection on, the, on it, break the Velcro on it. And so we would look at that image and look at, there's the image, there's the space around it. And we could just shift our focus, go back and forth. There's the image, there's the space around it. Sometimes we might even put our hands up and kind of put the image in the middle of there and notice, okay, I can see my hand, I can see the picture, I can see the space on the outside. We can trace our eyes around it as well. So just in the empty space, take your eyes clockwise and then counterclockwise a few yeah. times. And when we do that, it, the, the image just kind of loses its intensity. And oftentimes the image disappears altogether. I was going to say, mine just seemed, because I had an image of, of, of an image I keep seeing pop up on Facebook of, of a doctor or, and nurses and, you know, with their masks and their stuff and these these. Yeah these very dramatic stories that seem to go with these, these, these pictures. And so I did, I put it on the wall. And, but as you talked, it was almost like it was going down a tunnel because I was looking at this white space and this window yeah. around it. And then it, it became almost blackened out. I could still see it, but it became smaller. Right. So yeah. Right. Fascinating. Right. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And so the other thing that happens when that image loses its intensity is that our body relaxes then. Yeah. Because when we have an image that feels threatening, we tighten up against it. We might start holding our breath. Mm -hmm. And when the image loses some of its intensity, then we can breathe again. We recognize that we're not actually under any threat. Yeah. So that's a very helpful skill to have with thoughts. Yeah, no, very powerful because I did. I caught my breath and I felt like my left shoulder, for whatever reason, felt like yeah. it was up in my ear. Even it may right. not have seen that way, it felt that way to me. Right. And I yeah. just kind of felt it. I could feel it almost just drop. Uh, mm. Yeah. That's a powerful tool, isn't it? It is, yeah. very much so. I like it yeah. a lot. Yeah. And so sometimes people feel like there's nothing we can do about the thoughts in our mind. Right. And we kind of struggle with them. We're like, I'm not going to think about that anymore. But in fact, if we just let the thoughts be there, because the thoughts are there, we don't control the thoughts that come into the mind. They just show up. Right. And when we have a lot of fear like we do now, there's going to be a lot of scary thoughts. So when they show up, though, the idea is not to go down the rabbit hole with them, but to stay in awareness so that I'm aware that this thought is coming up. I can feel it in my body, there's a response. I can do something with it. I can put it over there. Another really helpful thing is to tap on our forehead. So you bring up the thought and then you just start tapping two fingers yeah. lightly on your forehead. And now you take your attention completely into the tapping, the sound of it and the sensation of it. Yeah. And then take a few breaths and then notice what happened to the picture. Oh yeah, gone. It's gone, right? Yeah. Right. And that works really well with words, too. So if you're, if you're hearing words about something, then you can just start tapping like that. Yeah. And it, it, it breaks the trance of the thoughts. So then we can go, oh, I'm having a scary thought. I can feel it in my body. Now what can I do? I can take a few deep breaths. I can relax my belly. I can remember that that's actually not real. That's just a thought. Yeah. Right. Right. And that helps our nervous system to calm down. So right now, it's really all about our nervous system. Right. And the primitive brain and how the primitive brain drives panic and fear 
And the other thing that happens too is that a lot of people have unresolved trauma. And a lot of people were really stressed going into this. You know, there's just a lot of difficulty in modern life for most people. You know, most times both people are working outside the home, both adults in the house, if there are two, single parents as well. It's hard to make ends meet. There's a lot of financial stress. One of the things I'm hearing all kinds of people say is, wow, how busy was I before? I was never home and now I am. And it's weird. Like we're cooking meals together and we're going for walks. And it's kind of ironic that a lot of places now are closing the parks and people aren't allowed to hear. We're not allowed to go to any provincial or federal park Yeah, because people weren't physically distancing enough, you know, but everybody seems to have this kind of urge to get out and do something physical to get out in nature. And we have this, just this kind of draw to that, which is wonderful. And, you know, hopefully people can find a place to do that, even if it's in their backyard or walking on their neighborhood or something, getting up and, and really being in nature is so helpful. Yeah. I've been, when, when we can't walk in the neighborhood, they did, they closed our local nature center because too many people had gathered there and it was just overcrowded and it's heartbreaking because we go there a couple times a week. So we're walking the neighborhood a little bit, but I will, I will just to break up my day and get away from the computer for just a few minutes, walk in our backyard and just loop the backyard in circles, put a hand on a tree close my eyes and just listen yeah. the cardinals are going crazy in our backyard mm-hmm. because we have these huge pine oh, nice. trees and so it's beautiful and so I even yeah. put a video at it on yeah. Facebook because they said oh my gosh the birds are yeah. in the symphony in our backyard and it was just very yeah. peaceful yeah. And, yeah that's beautiful isn't it yeah yes, for sure yeah so people have an impulse to do that and and you know a lot of times people are reaching out and talking to people that they might not have and you know how often we run into someone and we're oh, I'd so like to see you. Let's make a plan. And then we don't. Yeah, and, right. you know, we can't actually make a plan to get together, but we can certainly phone and FaceTime. And, and uh, you know, and, and the other thing that, that I really see with people is that, you know, I have groups, small groups, you know, six, eight, ten people. And then I have larger ones in the classes on the weekends. But everyone is saying, you know, it's so wonderful to have a place where we can come and say, this is what's going on. Yeah. And not be shamed, not be made to feel like we're overreacting. To just say, this is really hard right now. Right. And I'm scared or, you know, this is what my child is doing or, you know, and sometimes it's related to COVID-19 and sometimes it's regular life stuff. Like someone's mother is having an issue, you know, yeah. but to, to be able to connect and say, this is what's happening is so much of a, a release. We don't have to pretend we're not scared. We don't have to be tough and all of that. We can just really acknowledge this is, this is a pandemic. This is big T trauma that almost everyone in the world is experiencing right now. Yeah. And And when we're, you said the word connect and that seems to be a theme in so many of the conversations Mm -hmm. that I've been having Mm -hmm. these past two weeks is, is connection and how critical that is. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Gabor Mate talks about the effect of trauma. And, you know, we're talking about trauma, we're talking about all kinds of things. It could be, you know, being bullied, or it could be a car accident or a parent with mental illness. There's all kinds of of ordinary trauma that we experience. 
but that the effect of it is that we disconnect from ourselves, our sense of value and from the present moment. And so to be with somebody or a small group of people who we can be ourselves with and we can connect with them, but we can also connect with ourselves and where it's safe to be who we are and to express who we are. And that really helps us to, to mitigate some of the effects of the, you know, what's going on in the world and all the fear that's going on right now. So if we're connected here inside, that can be reliable. You know, other people not necessarily as reliable because everybody has their own nervous system and, and they're all, you know, I, I really think that most people could really use a lot of kindness right now because it's so hard to, yes. to maintain our emotional self-regulation right now. Right. But to, but to be able to have places where we can, like this, to, to come and say, this is what's going on for me and this is what's helping and, you know, people are playing music and drawing and, and photographing birds and, and doing all the things that we're doing. And that's happening too. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of resilience and, and gratitude and this is happening. How can I use this and really, you know, kind of wake up to what was working before, what wasn't working before and move forward with some, you know, mindfulness of, of who we are and what do we want in life and, and what's the meaning, you know, and to be able to, to, to help other people through this is part of what makes us, you know, it's part of what helps me. I know that for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, these, these mm-hmm. conversations. Yeah. I just feel like, mm-hmm. um, well, one, I love these connections, but two, mm-hmm. feeling like I can at least offer something to anyone who's struggling. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, but I love what you brought out about the creativity. I'm seeing, I'm loving seeing that on, on social media of mm-hmm. people saying, Oh my gosh, you know, my kids and I are, you know, doing these drawings together. We decided to paint or we've decided, you know, yeah. you said your son doing journaling with, or with yeah. his kids and uh, which is also creative writing. And it's just, yeah. Um, yeah. I love the idea of that creative parts of our brains are being, you know, fired up right now. And it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah it really is. Yeah. Cool. So anything else that you wanted to touch on before we closed out? I think just that it's really good to acknowledge the level of fear that's here right now and that there's nothing wrong with us that we have a nervous system that responds to fear. That's actually what's supposed to happen. When there's a threat, we're supposed to be afraid. We're supposed to look around and go, how can I make myself safer? How can I survive this? And, And to not shame ourselves for having those responses yeah, and to be just really kind and compassionate with ourselves and with each other. You know, sometimes when people are alone in a house uh, with other people, it's pretty hard because everybody's nervous systems are going off in different ways. And, you know, one person I know said she and her partner sat down and said, you know, he goes into rage. She gets really triggered by that. How are we going to do this so that we can make it through here together? And, you know, she acknowledges that, you know, what's happening with him is based on fear and what's happening with her is based on fear. So how can we reassure ourselves and be kind and safe for ourselves and each other? So that's, that's really a foundational piece is if we can do all the practices and the breathing and getting outside and all that. And really at the end of the day to really be kind yes. with ourselves and each other. Yeah. And, and again, I, I reiterate that and tell people, honor one another's journeys because 
we're all on our own healing journey. And right now we're yeah. all in a healing journey together. Yeah. It's globally. And so just yes. to honor where, where one person might be along their journey, someone else might not be there yet, or someone else may be further ahead. Um, right. Yeah. And just to, just to honor one another is, mm. is a gift to give each other. So Yeah. And together, as we do that, we can make it a lot easier to make it through this. For and sure. that's the real, I mean, there's so much hope here yeah. and so many ways to work with what's going on. And it doesn't take away the fact of people getting the virus and some of them will be really sick or die. It doesn't change that. But what it changes is our relationship to that. Yes. And so we're, we cannot be terrified 24 hours a day. We could have that groundedness and that perspective of, yes, there's fear. And yes, I know these ways to calm myself. And I can, you know, if I have catastrophic thinking, I can get in the middle of that and go, no, I don't need to do that. This is how I'm going to come back. And we just come back to ourselves over and over. And, yeah. you know, and then we're, we have more strength and resilience when we do that. That's Absolutely. for sure. Beautiful. Yeah. Right. So how do people get a hold of you? How do they join you on your daily meditations in the morning? Right. So it's everything is under lynnfraserstillpoint.com. And uh, the daily practices are at 8 a.m. We've ex actually extended them so people have a chance to talk a little bit at the end if they'd like to stay for that. Um, so it's about 20, 25 minutes of relaxation, and then we talk a bit. Um, and the Kilby Center for Recovery, I'm associated with them, and I'm doing a live Facebook relaxation as well, natural rest practice every Tuesday at through 2 p.m. Pacific, no, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Um, and then I have all my classes, the Peaceful Mind classes are free now. I've waived the price for that, and those are at 10 a.m. Eastern on uh, Sundays. Um, so, you know, you come, and there's a group of people there that that, you know, if you want to talk, you can. If you don't want to talk, that's fine, too. But all of the educational pieces from that are also on my YouTube channel. And I have a whole uh, playlist of things that help with the COVID-19 and ways to downregulate. And so there's a lot of ways that people can resource that. And there's also a lot of other people that are doing wonderful things online right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Rick Hansen and Tara Brock and a whole bunch of people are doing great things. So. To, yeah. to look up some of those resources as well. Mm -hmm. I know I, I was researching and looking out and saying, looking for ideas to put, to share on the Facebook page. And oh, yeah. I, just was, I thought, <laughs> wow, there is yeah. just a lot happening out here right now, which is yeah. beautiful. And beautiful. Yeah, just amazing. And I love yeah. it. And I'm so glad that there's it's, so many yeah. helpers out there helping. Um, yeah. And as long as people don't feel like I'm going to miss out if I don't, watch them all oh like, right just pick one or two and right then, you know. right <laughs> and there's singing and there's chanting online there's all kinds of amazing things going on yeah. online right now so Very we cool. don't really have to be isolated even though we're physically distancing exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. i love that yeah. all right yeah. well thank you so much for for joining oh, thank you sharing just a plethora of wonderful information uh with people mm -hmm. and um yeah it's just been a joy well, thank you. For me, too. It's good to be back. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Everyone, continue to uh, be gentle with yourself. And um, yeah, if you want to catch up on these Facebook Lives, just go to the video section of 
the Healing Place podcast page, and you can see them there. I'm also going to, I uh, just loaded 11 of them onto my YouTube channel, so just go to Terry Welbrock YouTube channel. You can find them there as well. I'll put this one out there, and um, you can also catch up on podcast episodes if you'd like as well. So you can find that on iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, Deezer, pretty much just Google the Healing Place podcast. You'll find us. So, all right, everyone take care of yourselves and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.